there are people who have been like touched up by Photoshop. Absolutely. Like There's so many people who are just not what they look like online. Mm-hmm. And it shifts beauty standards for Like girl, we saw everybody. the curve in the fence. <laughs> we saw the curve on no! the fence on your Instagram post. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's V. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Ask V That, a space where we can talk all about taboo topics affecting trans women of color and queer youth today. Thank you so much for the support so far and giving me the chance to even have this space. Make sure to go find this show on all streaming platforms and give me a rate and review. It really helps. And to keep the safe space for queer people of color like myself. Now, today's topic is body shaming. And I thought for the perfect person to bring in today would be Spencer. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, hey. How have you been? I'm good. It's weird being on this side. I know. The guest cam. Last time I was the guest. And- yeah. Oh, how the tables have turned. Right. But I do want to say thank you. Not to be all cheesy, but you're the reason I was able to even meet Brat and have like a podcast in general. So thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. It was so nice having you on the show. <laughs> And I'm glad you finally have one. Right. Because I remember you were calling me after and I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, no. have a podcast. Have I was, a podcast. I might have broke NDA. I was like, uh, you can't tell nobody. But yeah. I immediately called Spencer and I was like, what do I say? What do I do? Do you think this is good? I said yes, yes, yes. and yes. I mean, obviously, it's a full circle moment. And now we're here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a trigger warning, we're going to be discussing EDs and a lot of topics around body image. So if that triggers you, viewer discretion and listening is advised. Um, But let's get into it. I believe the last time I saw you was subculture. Oh my gosh, yeah, we did go to subculture. Mm. What did I do that night? I know I was there and then, oh my gosh, when I was at subculture, um, Mm -hmm. this goes nowhere. I did put my finger in a guy's mouth. Uh, No, like... Like, wait, wait, like it sounds bad, but it's not. Like, Are you so, sure? No, because like he, the guy, he was, here? okay, so he <laughs> was at the bar with me, but he was also like, not in my friend group. It was like our friend group. And then there was another friend group from, I think it was Kenzie. Yeah. Kenzie's friend group was also there. Um, and we kind of like all like meshed together. And while I was at the bar, he like turned and he's taller than me. So he accidentally shoved his finger in my mouth. I literally was opening my mouth to take a sip of my drink and he like turned and somehow his finger went in my mouth and he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, you're not. You want to know how it feels? And then I shoved my finger in his mouth. Oh, my. sorry. So all that happened right before I was leading up to seeing you. Yeah, hey. <laughs> that would explain that. a lot. <laughs> you seemed that. a little confuzzled. I was like. Yeah, I was like everywhere that night. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's subculture. It's subculture. Subculture is like a rave. Oh, did you know Sophia is um, DJing? Really? Yeah, she's DJing on Saturday. We <gasps> have a friend, Sophia. Ah! Shout out. DJing. If anybody wants to come, come on. May 20th. <laughs> I was going to DJ for May 20th. Really? Yeah, because I heard your friends, Emmy. Yeah. Um, I heard that you guys all went together yeah. on stage. Emmy DJed and we all went on stage and like we were like doing cartwheels and dancing. That's and what I, I want to do with it's our so friends. It's so fun. And like no one, everyone in the like, everyone in the crowd is so chill. Yeah. And I mean like, Every, I mean, even if I guess like the sound were to like be off or like something were to go wrong, no one uh-huh. would be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like it's just like good vibes all around. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. They even like sell food in there. Yeah. No, I heard that a lot of people like that are DJing don't even DJ. Like they just make playlists. Yeah, they like they basically will like make a a mix before they go on. Okay. Yeah. And they just play the mix. Yeah. 
and a lot of the times they'll mix it on their own mm -hmm. and then I think they either like plug the um like the system into their phone like there's a USB port yeah and then they just play it off their phone but it's like really cool yeah I'm about to bring I have to ask my friends all about what's the hyper pop music that I should be playing oh because culture yeah are you a hyper pop person um no I mean like I enjoy listening to it when I'm like at subculture yeah. or even like heaven which yeah. are, again is another club heaven is great have you been to heaven mm -mm. heaven is really cool have to go. um but I enjoy listening to it and dancing to it, but yeah. in my day-to-day, -day, no, I don't really listen. Yeah, I don't either, but my trans friends play it all the time because most of the time, hyper-pop is, like, a lot of trans girls who sing it. Like, yeah. Aisha Erotica. Um, oh, okay, then, yeah. Chase Icon. I love Aisha. Yeah, Aisha is one of my faves. Yeah. Like, confidence music, for sure. Yeah, I definitely like her music. Um, But what I'll listen to mainly for, like, music-wise is typically I have a playlist mm. on my phone and it's called making an entrance and that's what i listen to at the gym and when i shower and before i go out because it just makes me feel better oh good i'm just yeah. like i feel like i'm in an edit a velocity edit as you should Thank no you. for me i've been beyonce's renaissance is what i'm getting prepared for because i got tickets for the tour <gasps> you're so lucky yeah um but it's all the way in seattle and oh. i thought i would go with my family because like my mom's a huge beyonce stan and mm -hmm. it's like the way we grew up and bonded over music so you know we go to every beyonce concert i've never been to a beyonce concert you haven't no it's <gasps> sick and twisted and ill and deranged i don't even care how much the tickets are you gotta get some <laughs> yeah like literally i would like me not paying my rent i'll go with you because it's like an experience also have you seen all the clips on yes the, your 40 i have page? didn't they have um oh my gosh balenciaga yes came out and was voguing on stage i was mm -hmm. like this is i was like there's no way mm -hmm. another one of my sisters <laughs> <laughs> let them know amazing <laughs> uh, it's i don't know it's just like great that they're getting the opportunity it's kind of like especially like showcase with beyonce who's one like not even one of absolutely. the like the top of the top of yeah. the top she's a vocalist of our generation Oh, she is amazing. Yeah. And also, like, it gives me the vibes of kind of the, is it 80s or 90s? I believe it's 80s when Madonna was um, doing Vogue and yeah. kind of like ballroom culture yes. was becoming part of main media mm -hmm. again. Um, I don't know. I feel like house music in general is becoming more popular, which is great representation for the queer community. Yeah. But it's also very interesting to see it come from, like, people that aren't queer at all like mm. drake did you see that drake dropped a whole album and it was all house music no and i was just like this is odd because I, I wasn't sure if it was for the i don't really i i don't know if any don't come for me anybody <laughs> out there, but i don't really listen to drake yeah i mean i only really listen to his old music if a throwback comes on you yeah know? that like drake i like you know those artists that you listen to them and it feels nostalgic yeah that's drake for me yeah when i was in sure. high school i'd listen to him but i don't listen to him anymore so like if i hear one of his old songs i feel like i'm on my bus to school right but other than that i'm just like oh my music taste has completely changed yeah mm. i'm definitely more of like um indie pop girly. Oh, really yeah i wish that i honestly like cared about my music more often because i feel like i need to create playlists oh i and have when, so many yeah i play like old ones all the time and my friends get annoyed boots <laughs> they can deal with it right and tell them to deal with the nostalgia do like literally there's nothing wrong with some 90s r&b like i love 90s r&b you do yeah i love the 90s oh, period. i love the fashion too i actually just saw a video the other day and it was like a millennial talking about how 
they were like, why does all of Gen Z dress up like they just left the, um, what is it, the food court at the mall in the 90s? And I was like, that is so messed up. Like, you did not just read us like that, you weirdos. No, for real. At least we're not in our 30s and balding. That part. We should be able to Sorry wear Sorry for anybody want. here who's in their 30s and balding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into today's topic. Mm -hmm. um, body shaming. I thought it would be important to bring it up just because as we're getting older um, and as our generation is gaining wisdom, I feel like body image is evolving in a way where there's toxic sides of it, there's more accepting parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is like a topic that is kind of hard to talk about, but I'm willing to talk about it. I'm also willing to talk about it. Yeah. I, have a, I have a lot to say about it too. Because right. I've dealt with my fair share of body image problems. Me as and well. And I think a them. big part of it plays into like, being online as well because mm. you're having to constantly watch yourself i also feel like at least for me i feel like a big part of i guess my body image issues yeah definitely i'm not i don't want to i'm not blaming a specific group but they're definitely like there are gay men that mm. hold bodies oh, to yeah. a specific standard yeah um Within the gay community it's yeah. very like judgy if I don't know, with the people. dating apps, there's literally yeah. in Grindr, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of standards for guys to just be like high in physique. Yeah, like you have to, you know, body fat, yeah. like big muscles, the sun, the third. Yeah. And it's, and it's I feel their like standard, but it's also like not like yeah. everybody. Like, don't get me wrong, if you have a body like that, good for you. But I don't yeah. think that's like any, everybody doesn't have that. Exactly. Like, it's not like a natural body if that makes sense yeah for sure where did you kind of start developing body image issues or self-awareness of it um i didn't really know i had body image issues until i went to therapy okay. because i had i actually went to therapy because i had been diagnosed with ocd okay um well not diagnosed at the time but my biology teacher in high school kept telling me like Spencer I see you check your bag when you get into class mm -hmm. 15 minutes before the bell rings to leave yeah. and then when the bell rings you check your bag again yeah I have OCD mm -hmm. and I'm not telling you that you have it but I recommend you like get checked for it and I like put it past me and I was like mm, I don't have that mm -hmm. and then one day I was going on my school bus and I I used to do this thing where I would like check things mm. and if I didn't I would get like I would just convince myself my brain would convince itself that something terrible would happen to my family oh my God. and I forgot to like check the doorknob <laughs> like the front and back door eight times and I like convinced myself that people in my family were going to die and I wow. sobbed on the way to school and ended up going to my guidance counselor who then was like hey I'm going to call your mom and recommend a therapist mm -hmm. and it's when I went to my therapist um that like we had just been like talking about like my overall mental health and then after like a few visits with her she ended up mentioning like how much weight I, it looked like I was losing in like such a rapid amount of time yeah and that's when I was like oh mm. and she told me that a lot of the times people who have OCD and they get into like dieting take it to the extreme yeah because it becomes like a hyper fixation for them with mm -hmm. their OCD yeah and it really wasn't until then that I like noticed like oh my gosh like I 
have an eating disorder i'm not eating yeah why am i not eating well i think a lot of people struggle with that in a way where they're focusing on so much else that's going on in their lives that mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even intentional but you just for situations like people who have ocd and i don't know if you can relate to this tell me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. but um you focus so hard on other things that you could just forget to eat. I I even feel like... Which I'm personally struggling with now. Like, I feel like I'm under, like, a high-stress kind of lifestyle Mm -hmm. where I have to constantly be on time every day with something. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, priority is getting my something done, but I should be caring about what's going in my body, you know? Yeah, I I think the issue that, I guess, like... The whole issue for me was when I wasn't diagnosed with OCD. At that time, I did start going to the gym. I used to like mm. run to the gym and then I would run on a treadmill for an hour and then run home. And I was losing weight quickly. And it didn't really click in my brain that like, oh, I haven't really been eating. Yeah. Um, I had like a calorie counter, which is like oh. the worst mistake I couldn't I could have made. Yeah. Because in my brain, I was like, oh, well, it says if I want to lose two pounds a week, I should only be eating like 1,700 or 1,800 calories. Why don't I only eat less than 1,500? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think that was an issue. Yeah. And again, because I had undiagnosed OCD, my brain was like, we have to stay under 1,500. If we go over 1,500, it's like something bad's going to happen. Like your body's just going to like go back to the way it was. Mm. And I feel like a lot of like kids that grew up heavier, like I was as like people would call like a fat kid, a lot of fat kids can attest to this. Like Mm. once you start losing weight and you notice how like people treat you differently and you notice like how much better and more confident you feel, I feel like there's always this constant nagging fear in the back of your head of like, I never want to look like that again, but Mm. what if I do? Yeah, for sure. And it's just like and it evoke like old feelings for you. Yeah, where it's like you're not as confident. Yeah. You feel like down and you kinda like beat yourself up in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that you still have those issues today with at least like body fluctuating? Because I think a common thing is that people don't know that bodies fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you don't just stay a certain weight. Mm-hmm. Especially with diet and culture, like I feel like people will lose all this weight and then think it's going to be like that forever and then they get off the diet exactly and then they gain the weight i feel now at least i have a nutritionist nice and he yeah gave you were telling me, me about yeah, that yeah he gave me a workout routine he gave me like things i can eat and the one thing he kept mentioning to me is like spencer if you are still hungry at the end of the day uh-huh. don't look at the calories just like make sure like yeah. you eat protein or vegetables exactly something healthy like don't don't eat foods that are unhealthy mm-hmm. and that's kind of something that's always like now like sticks in my head a lot which is nice like yeah. when i'm hungry it's kind of helped me in a way where it's like when i'm hungry i eat and i make sure what i'm eating is good for me yeah rather than like opening a family size bag of Doritos and eating half of it in one sitting, you know? No, yeah. Whereas like I have now it's- horrible eating habits like that where really? like I will just binge everything. I feel like that's also because you did mention how like you are in like a high stress environment right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you forget to eat and the only thing you have around is like a bag of chips, you're gonna like absolutely guzzle compensate it for yeah. what was today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely relate on the shaming issue. Um dive a little deeper into that was the people around you bullying you for that reason of 
your weight or was it like I don't think I was ever well I was bullied in like middle school for my weight oh, okay and that never really were you the type to let it affect you or how did you respond to that were you more so like defensive or like I think I because I was bullied because I was a bigger kid my brain immediately was like if you're gonna make fun of me I'm making fun of myself mm, so okay. it's like that's what got me into like deep humor like humor and yeah. like being funny right and I never really had people like me at that time at least for my looks it was always like my personality that stood no, out the most same. so that's kind of like like my personality compensated for the way that like I looked I suppose yeah but then I got into high school and that's kind of when I noticed a lot of people that I was friends with were getting into relationships or like mm. they started dating people and I would like see the guys they were dating and in high school I did have gay friends yeah my high school was like very open we had a GSA club and I would see the people they were dating mm -hmm. and I would be like oh my gosh like in my head at least it was like it's because you both are like muscular and thin mm -hmm. and like if I want a boyfriend I need to look like that exactly. and I remember I had like just lost a little bit of weight yeah. and I ended up going on my first date and then the guy ghosted me no. and I convinced myself it was because I was fat <laughs> no. that he like he ghosted me so I started losing all this weight okay. and again I didn't know I had an eating disorder it was more <sighs> so like oh I'll do anything I can Yeah. but then it's like when you're told you have an eating disorder and then you're told the habits that coincide with eating disorders mm -hmm. and then you're like oh i do this and, and this and this you're like oh yeah i do have an eating disorder. it kind of starts adding up yeah yeah how is that like realization for you i mean was it hard to face or was it more so like a you know it makes sense kind of clicking moment it was it was very big like denial and I remember I were, I didn't want to tell my mom about it for a really long time okay. because like me and when you have a therapist you have like the confidentiality mm. unless it's like dire was it a school therapist or was no, that a it was like normal a, therapist it was like a full-on period therapist. okay like, it was not so my you didn't have therapist. to deal with all that I like everything I told my therapist I knew was confidential <laughs> and she told right. me that the only time she would ever get my mom involved is if I told her that I would like either harm myself, harm others, yeah. I was suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it took me a while to, it wasn't that it was hard to process, it was more like I was in denial. Yeah. Cause in my head I was like, no, like I had seen movies and TV shows of people who had eating disorders mm -hmm. and even when I was younger, I was like, oh, I would never do something like that. Yeah. It's and almost it's something like, that you, like, don't want to ever get to a point of being mm -hmm. um, because you feel it's, like, something that's so negative. I think that that in itself is harmful thinking processes in general because it's, like, you know, everybody has their issues to say it's a negative thing. Um, I feel like it's wrong. I feel like it's something that is just a part of life. I also think um, back on like the whole denial thing. Yeah. I think I denied it mostly because I felt good. Mm. Like I was getting really thin. Yeah. I was like dropping weight and mm -hmm. there's something that they call an ED high. Didn't know about that. Really? And it's when you have an eating disorder and you're like almost high off of it. Oh but like not in like uh like if you were to like smoke like a recreational substance high yeah. it's like 
oh my gosh, like I look so good. I feel so good. I'm on top of the world. And it wasn't until like I started having fainting spills and Mm. my hair started falling out like crazy that I was like, Huh. Yeah. And that's when like I actually started taking my therapist seriously. Yeah, I was gonna ask, does that make you feel like, oh my gosh, all these things are happening, maybe I should make a change? Or is it like uh let me continue this because I feel so good and feel so having an arc of, you know, feeling my oats. <laughs> I feel like it it got to a point where it was like in the I wouldn't even say in the beginning like towards the middle it felt so good yeah which is like what's scary because like you wouldn't think an ED would like feel good like you wouldn't think like oh my gosh I'm so confident now and this sound the third but you do yeah but it wasn't really it it was like middle towards like me losing like a lot a lot of weight where it was like Hmm. bad that I was like this isn't good anymore like I like that's when I started picking up on like when I was like fainting or like losing hair that's when I started thinking to myself like oh my therapist told me that this this and this means you have an eating disorder and I am doing all those things and at first it was like no Mm -hmm. like denial but then it was like wait a damn minute like Spencer get your shit together yeah like clearly there's something wrong here if you like stand up and then the room goes black and then you right. wake up on the ground. <laughs> Might just be not such a normal thing. <laughs> yeah, no. Waking up on the ground and not in your bed is not something right. I recommend. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was kind of yeah. like, that was like the catalyst of like, oh. Oh, well, thank you for your vulnerability with all oh, of that. No, no problem, I'm you, open. Right. <laughs> no, I'm honestly the opposite. Um, I almost had like a scarcity complex when it came to food mm. because I... I grew up with lack of food, if that makes sense. Um, It's not like my mom starved me, but we just like, I didn't know how to cook at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta be honest. Um, And sometimes we would have to make some struggle meals. (laughs) Yeah, like you make do with what you have. Exactly. And I did not know how to do that. And um, my mom was such a caterer. Like she loved to cook for us and she would really just make with what she had. And mm-hmm. so that kind of led me to have a f- mindset with food where I, um, whenever I felt I was providing it for myself, I felt like, oh my gosh, like, let me not waste this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that turned into more so of let me, let me like indulge in it. Got it. So that's where it kind of, um, started with my binging and Mm -hmm. I think that continued with like little things like I would get a full fruit snack um box and I would eat the whole thing in one sitting Mm -hmm. on my own um and yeah I just would never listen to my body I'm still struggling with that like I sometimes just if my body isn't feeling good um I kind of think in a way where it's like I'm going through so much that it doesn't have to do with eating why don't I have a nice time where I kind of look to food for that comfort? Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a struggle, but I've, I don't know. I've been very conscious lately of what I put in my body because I recently had a surgery um, where my gallstones had to be removed so it's called pancreatitis i found out that it was very common for a lot of women in my family um 
but I honestly think it was from some of the hormone side effects that I was not listening to. Oh, wow. Um, Because, I don't know, like, eating poorly with being on hormone therapy as a trans person, it is, like, there's a lot of side effects that lead to it. Um, And just uh, one of the side effects in general is that you just want to eat more. Um, You get hungrier. So you have to, like, not listen to your body when you are overeating um, or just want to eat out of boredom Mm -hmm. because that just kind of leads to health issues. Um, And I do believe that it was what led to it, but I could not confirm it. Like I, it's just what I can speculate. So when you started taking estrogen, you got hungrier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I, I took it at such a young age. So I feel like, I don't know anything but that, but mm-hmm. I assume because I've had these issues, you know, it's definitely one of the root causes from it. Mm. There's so many different things that could be kind of a, ter- a, ter- a determining factor of to why it started, but yeah. I think hormones was definitely one of them, like the side effects. I was, was going to say, because I remember when Zaya first started yeah. her transition journey, uh-huh. I remember when she first started taking estrogen, mm-hmm. that's like, she would call me and be like, I'm so hungry. Right. And she would just be eating. Yeah. And she was like, she was gaining weight and she kept telling me like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to gain the weight, the set and the third. And I yeah. was like, but you need to eat. Exactly. Because it's like now what you're eating is being distributed to different parts of your body that weren't being distributed before. Yeah. And what also is kind of weird is that it does also make you like gain weight easily. Mm. Um, So that was also kind of in my mind when binging that I would have like immediate body effects. Yep. Um, And so I would go so long with not eating and then at the end of the day I would feel guilty because I was like why would I treat my body like that so I would just binge Binge. it all and um, I would kind of like compensate for the calories that I thought I needed that day or Mm -hmm. did need that day or that's what I did really when I well at one point this is when it was like getting really bad with my eating disorder um, I would quite literally base so like for lunch my mom used to give me lunch money mm-hmm. and I remember my friends used to be like used to ask me all the time like Spencer like how do you how have you been getting so much money and I remember I told my mom at one point that like oh I, I do people's homework mm-hmm. and that's why I have all these like all this money in my wallet okay. no I was literally stashing the money from my mom yeah. that she would give me for lunch every uh-huh. week and I would get like a bag of plantain chips that were like 50 cents from the vending machine eat that have that as my only meal then I would go to the gym I would go home would barely eat anything and I remember like maybe a day or two would go by of me doing that and then I would just binge like I would not be able to stop eating because it's like oh my gosh like I would eat so much that it would feel like I was gonna throw up yeah and that was also another thing like when I was like recovering from my eating disorder i didn't know this but when you have an eating disorder your like stomach shrinks mm. so like it you can't you have to start off oh slow. yeah 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 because like if mm-hmm. you eat too much like you can't throw up mm-hmm. and when i first started like going to my therapist and you went a little too ham when you were yeah i got like recovery real, yeah i was like eat i remember one night like i ate this like 
big, big plate of like, it was like vegan chicken nuggets and like sweet potato fries with like rice. Like I was just so, I was just like, okay, we're eating. Mm -hmm. And I ate the entire, I felt so nauseous. I ended up going upstairs and I thought I was gonna throw up. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, Spencer, what's wrong? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like I might've eaten too much. Yeah. So that was like another thing that was going on with recovery. Yeah. Were you um, open with your mom or anybody about your issues or did you kind of keep it to yourself? Uh, I eventually like became like really open with my mom about it. Oh, nice. Um, That's always good. And I think being open with her helped because there were, I, I know she never meant to. Yeah. But like you, you know how like moms can be sometimes where it's like a little too blunt. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember like my mom would get snacks for the house mm-hmm. and like I would eat like if I was hungry, I would like eat a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And then we run out and then mm-hmm. my mom would be like, you're eating me out of house and home. Mm-hmm. And then it's like she would get snacks and then I don't eat them. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, Spencer, why aren't you eating? Right. Like you're losing weight. Like, why aren't you eating? Yeah. And, it, and it like I don't blame my mom for like my eating disorder. It was more so like mm-hmm. that plus my eating disorder. It was like, oh my gosh, like, mom, I love you, but like, let me eat this damn food. Right. And then when I told her about it, all of it stopped. Like oh, she'd be good. like, if you're yeah. hungry, she, I literally, I, I was just in New Jersey. Well, not just, but like I traveled home in April and I remember my mom got me like all my favorite snacks. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was hungry, she was like, Spencer, like get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. She was like, if you're not hungry, just know it'll still be there. Like I got them just for you. I'm not going to have any of it. Eat wow. as much. Or if you don't want any right now, don't eat any. And it was like really nice knowing that like my mom never meant what she was saying. It was just like her being a concerned mom. Right. And I think moms don't, realize what they're saying sometimes it's yeah. like we're also there's like a lack of boundary i don't know if you yeah. grew up with a father but no no i didn't either oh hey girl oh, Fatherless. Yeah, right. oh yeah I was, I was going for a high five okay. let's do a high five and then uh okay uh, high five yeah. right okay but Fatherless. that led me to a best friend relationship with my mom so yes. she could be blunt (laughs) let's just say that like i love my mom's relationship that i have i wouldn't take it for granted for anything because it's the reason i am the woman i am today but Mm -hmm. um yeah it could lead us to being too mean to each other (laughs) that's how i literally i always say like when me and my mom were like chilling we were chilling and i like we were like besties but like when we would get into arguments like it's it, personal. It gets like it's like <laughs> I feel like it was less of like mm, I love my mom, but I felt like it was less of like whenever we would argue, it wasn't like mom and son. It was like two friends arguing. Absolutely, and that's what made it like ten times worse because it was like yeah, like in my brain when I was arguing with her, like I knew she was my mom, but like our entire relationship had it had just been us. Yeah, so it became very like comfortable in a sense of like I can tell you anything and like we like we have like a great relationship but also when we argue it's like Mm -hmm. I don't want to say I saw her as my equal because I knew like if I did certain things I was gonna get like my ass beat (laughs) um so like I would say for the most part I was a good kid but like when we had like arguments like we had arguments no I definitely agree and I feel like that is a single mom mentality thing because you know they have lack of another person giving them reassurance so you are that person that is the reassurance um and that isn't always the role for the child yeah um but you know that does lead to 
sticky situations and mm. I think beautiful ones, you know. I do too. I feel like like yeah. my mom used to come home from work and like rant. Right. Well, cuz obviously yeah. your mom would I mean, she did that whole thing for you where she gave you that gift basket. Like, mm-hmm. it shows that she cares. Yeah. Um, and I honestly think it's really important for us to open up to our parents. Oh, I do too. If you aren't, I really recommend it because I feel like, I don't know, they're the people who guide you. They're the people who have your best interests, I hope. Um, I hope, yeah. And if, unfortunately, I know there are some people out there who probably don't have that kind of relationship with their parents. Yeah. I like I know like kids used to come to my mom yeah. and like vent to my mom about their problems. Oh, absolutely. And it's like honestly, if you even have a friend who like your parent, their parent is like this with you. Like mm-hmm. I remember there were certain things I didn't want to tell my mom. Yeah. And I had a friend back home named Christine. Yeah. And me and Christine's mom were like Yeah. And I would like yeah. talk to her about my boy problems. Oh. And Christine would talk to my mom cuz like when you like I guess when you're in high school, I, like I went through a phase where I was like I don't want to tell my mom about like boy stuff right so I would tell Christine's mom about the boy stuff <laughs> and then Christine would tell my mom about her boy oh, stuff oh no and it was just like my mom would be like why don't you tell me like your like problems or like this other and I'm like mom yeah, stop exactly no meanwhile and I'm at some other one's house yeah hard for me to open up about body image with my mom because she put me in a school um for my safety um that was just to put it flat it was in suburbia like (laughs) it was a very suburban area and that led to me being one of the only minorities at school um and so that kind of like put me in the mindset of comparing myself to people who are unrealistic to my own body type to my culture to the way my body looks because of my culture because of who I am Mm. because of my race um I'm naturally thicker and so that you should right (laughs) I think that when I um was looking around and and you saw like skinny white girls exactly I that's all I could compare myself to Mm -hmm. and especially when it came to dating um like as you were saying it's like all these a guys are of, dating these skinny white girls. Exactly. So I have to look like that to exactly. get a boyfriend. And it didn't just go into body image. It went to the way that I expressed myself, the way I talked, the way my hair was. Mm-hmm. Um, but body image was one of the things that I just struggled with so much because it couldn't change it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of people had um, the desire for Eurocentric beauty in my school. And I just wasn't that, um, given I am mixed. So I do have some Eurocentric beauty, but to the people who are very close minded, that was just something that wasn't appealing to them. Yeah. Um, and so I struggled with that in that sense. Cause I always felt like I had to look like not my natural self mm. and not even in just a trans way but like in a a you way exactly like yeah. who i am as a person but yeah it was also like unrealistic in the media i saw a lot of black women get scrutinized for their body fluctuating or mm. if they were too skinny like a lot of people came for Doja Cat when she lost a lot of weight, but she was like, this is just the way my body is. And I was in an unhealthy state at that point. Um, and I think that, you know, 
at least seeing that now I understand it, but at a young age, um, I was trying to still learn wrong from right. And so, you know, I would see other people be so hypercritical of black women and I would be hypercritical of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that definitely led to me also viewing how men view me in the media. And there was a big standard with the quote unquote BBL body. Oh my Um, gosh. And you know, that is my body naturally, but with some exceptions of, you know, an actual stomach and, you know, like, I felt like there was such an unrealistic beauty of pulling from all these different ethnicities, races, Mm -hmm. cultures. And I felt like it was just so unrealistic for me. Mm -hmm. It was, um, and it just put me in a mindset where I felt impossible. It's like you want to achieve the unachievable. Exactly. Which is like another, I feel like another catalyst that leads to EDs where it's like not keeping your body in mind. Yeah. And it's like, you see, especially with like celebrities, even with us growing up, like I remember like the Kylie Jenner lip challenge. Oh yeah. And everyone was like, Kylie's lips got so big. And I remember sucking on a shot glass right. to get these like huge lips. Yeah. And it's like the lengths people will go to yeah. to look a certain way. Yeah. It's almost kind of scary. There's a lot of lengths I went to as well. And I feel like a lot of the times I um almost had like a mindset of like I have an advantage now because my body is being celebrated in the media mm-hmm. thick or not from surgery or not Mm -hmm. and um it got me excited and it really upsets me now that you know as toxic as it was it did celebrate black women's bodies and now that the standard is getting more too skinny again um as you know beauty does kind of come in cycles yeah yeah. because more so in the 90s the popular thing was supermodels being the most desirable in the definition of beauty um and at the time it was more so just skinny yep um and so when that came around i was like oh my gosh like we're finally being thick women are finally being appreciated appreciated in the media um but then kind of going back to it it just became skinny again but i definitely think that is a testament that like we should not listen to trends as you know definitions of beauty for our body Mm -hmm. i think that's where a part to uniqueness plays um that your body is beautiful no matter the state it is no matter if it's fluctuating Mm. i don't know and i've always had the motto that like i will rock something no matter what body weight i'm at and it's been kind of hard to do that in front of the camera yeah i will say i still struggle with that right like when my weight fluctuates higher yeah I still feel like I kind of, I always like to say you can recover from an ED, but there's always like a part of it, like at least for me that like kind of just stuck with me. Right. And that's like the confidence thing. Yeah. Like, yes, I eat correctly now. um, But the one mindset that I still have, unfortunately, is like if I see my weight go up, it's like I'm a little less confident than I was when I weighed one less pound on the scale right which and is it doesn't like help that like compliments are based a lot off just self-appearance yeah and a lot of the times people view weight loss as positive mm-hmm. and a good thing when 
it could not always be that. It's not or always they, a good thing. It can be the exact opposite where weight gain is a good thing. And that just messes with your brain of like, oh, should I be continuing this cycle of mm-hmm. this detrimental things I'm putting through my body also or the way you're treated. Exactly. I, I can 100% attest to the fact that when I had my like ED and like yeah. when I was like losing a lot of weight, mm-hmm. I was getting compliments left and right. Like, right. oh my gosh, Spencer, you look so much better. Because it's and that's what the thing others you, want to achieve. It's like you say I look better, but I'm not better. Like yeah. I'm the unhealthiest I've been in the longest time. Yeah. You know? <sighs> well, even if it isn't a positive outcome how does your body image look like now is it better is it worse and also you don't have to open up to as much as you don't want to but of course no yeah I would love I would love to tell you and everyone (laughs) um I feel it's constantly like changing there I have my good days I have my bad days I'm not gonna lie um I will say it's it is a lot better than it was um I had like a full body surgery Mm mm-hmm and they removed all of my loose skin. Um, and that definitely helped with my confidence. And that also has been helping me, especially with going to the gym. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been helping me a lot because previously, when I would go to the gym before my body surgery, I, because of my loose skin, I had so much of it, I couldn't see the, the progress. progress I was making. And mm-hmm. now when I go to the gym, I see the progress that I'm still making. Yeah. And on top of that, with the amount of food that I'm now eating regularly, Amazing. that is good for me. Yeah. Seeing that progress while still eating yeah. is like, it's kind of, I'm still relearning, obviously, every day. Yeah. There are like moments where I'm like, oh, should I eat this? And it's like, hell yeah, you're hungry. Yeah. Um, But I feel like it's definitely still something I'm learning about and trying to unlearn when it comes to like the ED side of everything. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm the exact same way. mm. I feel like I viewed going to the gym for so many different reasons when I used to go versus now. I It makes me feel good. Yeah. And it changes the way I look at my day. It brings less negativity into my life. It makes me feel just good endorphins um it makes me feel like more productive yeah like, I was like I'm on a roll right exactly and I'm so glad I can view it that way now yeah because I used to view it in a way where I just felt like I have to go to look a certain way exactly mm-hmm. um but now I go for myself inside not on just the outside yeah um so that's amazing and I feel like the way I view food, I mean, as moving is not an easy thing to do. No. You've settled into your place pretty nicely, but well, for... Yeah, well, I I was here... Oh, you were in my apartment the first... Like, right, like the first I week I moved in and I had my mattress on the floor. Exactly. Like us sitting in my room eating DoorDash with my mattress on the exactly. floor. Exactly. And There's it's easy no to get into that habit every single day of like ordering a DoorDash or eating top ramen or yeah. you know like it's just like it gets it to a point where you have to view like you have to look at yourself and be like okay it's time to take control of what I'm yep. eating and actually put forth the effort to learn how to cook things to learn what I like um, and to learn portion control mm-hmm. um, especially for my case and yeah so I think it's definitely change for the positive but it's forever evolving and you know i it's never easy but it's never impossible either 
what are some ways you feel like you when you're when you have those bad days mm-hmm. like what are ways you think you like overcome those like negative thoughts or do you overcome them um a lot of the times I will sit with those thoughts and sort of be in a negative mindset and I honestly just feel it and I think that leads to accepting my body for what it is yep. and that also leads to yeah just self-acceptance and I also surround myself with people who look like me. Um, So, you know, whether that's black woman, black trans woman, I surround myself with people like that. So I don't get into a mindset where I'm comparing myself. And I did that over the years. But now, obviously, like I had to get into the point where I was like, okay, you can't let other people's literally literal existence affect how you look at yourself right um so now that i have gone through that self-acceptance and knowing that there are people like me and my body is like this because of just naturalness Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know um just the way i am it helped me gain acceptance with myself that's amazing yeah how about you um I feel like there are days where I have those kinds of thoughts, um, but I've kind of just learned that every day, again, is, like, just not really a battle, but, like, a learning experience for me. Yeah. And there are days where I'm like, oh, why do I feel this way? Like, what caused me to, like, feel this way about my body? Because Mm -hmm. two minutes ago, I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those things, I remember like for a week, just to like test it out, I just stopped weighing myself on the scale. Period. Um, and I'm not even lying when I tell you I lost more weight without stepping on the scale than I had with like checking every day. Yeah. And it's because when I would step on the scale every single morning to check my weight, it became like, oh, I gained more weight. So like, let me try to lose all the weight I gained in a day. And that doesn't happen. Yeah. If you don't look at the scale and you're not thinking like, oh, my gosh, I gained this much weight or, oh, my gosh, like now I'm this and the third. It's like you listen to your body like, oh, I'm hungry. Let me just eat Absolutely. rather than like starving yourself and then binging. It's just yeah. like it's like a cycle. Yeah. And I feel like I've personally had to learn how to end that cycle yeah. for myself, at least. Do you have advice for anybody that is trying to get out of a cycle? I'm not joking. Like. In a hundred years from now, when we're all dead in the ground, like, how do you want to have lived your life? I mean this in the most loving way possible. How do you want to have lived your life starving yourself to, like, fit a beauty standard that might not even apply to, like, your body type? Or do you want to, like, go about your life knowing, like, oh, when I was hungry, I ate, I rocked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I had a little chub, but everybody does. Right. Everybody, like literally everybody, I'm not joking, has chubs somewhere. Yeah. Everybody does. No. It's, I And totally the supermodels agree. you see on billboards, magazines, yeah. television, I'm not, like they either have physical trainers, like even in the Marvel movies, Jesus Christ, they're on strict diets with exactly. physical trainers. Yeah. Like the bodies that you look at and compare yourself to are not the average body. Mm-hmm. Like those are people that either like put in a lot of work to get there to like get that role, to get that modeling gig. Or they're people who have been like touched up by Photoshop. Absolutely. Like There's so many people who 
are just not what they look like online. Mm-hmm. And it shifts beauty standards for Like, girl, we saw everybody. the curve in the fence. We saw the curve <laughs> no. in the fence on your Instagram post. I saw it. Right. But I saw like, water rippling in two directions. Yeah, and these beauty standards aren't even possible for ourselves. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, obviously, if you feel like you have to have the pressure to look a certain way, it just isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I'd honestly say the exact same thing where it's just like, I don't know, for me, it's a mindset and I think it's passed down. I personally had like body dysmorphia. My grandma did, my mom did. And I think that it's passed down in a mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look back at photos every single time, tell me you did not think that what you were feeling at the time was stupid right (laughs) like Like if you look at a photo it's like were you happy in that photo that's what matters no and i i used to view my body as such a different thing um and then i look back at it and i'm like oh my gosh i was being so stupid Mm -hmm. i was being just so hypercritical of how it looked and i was skinnier at the time and i was a child also to not like view your child body as your body that as as an adult is like developed (laughs) yeah because you're developing every single day we get older and with age comes weight Mm -hmm. and i feel like we need to accept that and i feel like realizing that internally within is gonna fix so much also don't get down on yourself if you have negative thoughts because i guarantee everybody has them yeah ask anybody walk up to someone and be like oh are you like insecure in any way shape or form someone's gonna tell you even if it's like not a physical feature yeah but most of the time i guarantee someone will be like oh like i don't like my hairline or i don't like this on my body or that on my body nobody is literally nobody's perfect and i think that is what is so perfect absolutely the people that are again like touched up edited in photoshop like that is setting an unrealistic standard that no one can reach right like love i'm not even call them your flaws because they're not flaws yeah like just love yourself and your features because they are yours no one else has them for sure i think so many people also the things that you're insecure about are some of the things that people find the most beautiful about you and so i feel like in a way you just have to view yourself out of body yep and once you can do that you can realize that it isn't so serious This game that we're going to play is called The Good, Bad, and Fabulous. So we're going to hear a topic. They're going to just name one out. Tell me whatever you think a good, bad, and fabulous thing is about X topic. Okay. Yeah. First topic is running late for everything. I'm usually not a late person, but usually I feel like with like certain events. Yeah. The party doesn't really get started until like later because mm. like everyone is showing up at the same time. Yeah. And in my head, it's like once you get there, it's kind of like the vibes need to like build up to it's having a like we're all having a good time. Yeah. So that's a good thing about it. Like yeah. being late. A bad thing about it is if you're late to everything, that means you'd probably be late to like a wedding or like yeah. certain special events. Yeah. And that I don't really think is something you, you want to be so late much. to. Right. I also feel like special events, it kind of just shows that like you, at least maybe not for yourself, you might not think this way, but definitely for the person you're missing out on that yeah. you don't prioritize them in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. So like- I think take, it shows respect for sure. Take that into account. And then the fabulous is 
usually if you're running late, it's because you were doing your hair, your makeup, figuring out your outfit. Yeah. Um, and typically people who run late are really hot right. and sexy right. and beautiful. Absolutely. I agree. The good would definitely be like, I'm fashionably late. Like yeah. this is, it was for a reason. Uh-huh. A bad would definitely be disrespecting people's time. Mm-hmm. I... It just shows where your intentions lie, how yeah. you value the person or how you value. Yeah. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's all people yeah. who are, you know, respecting each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then a fabulous would be. I totally agree with that one. I think just looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feeling fabulous. Yeah. I love all of that. Um and I feel like that kind of roots out of the little finishing touches that you decided to make last minute sometimes. Yeah, and like that kind of, <laughs> those last minute touches usually like throw everything together. Right. <laughs> High heels. Okay. The good. Mm. They look good Damn on me good. and my Damn calves good. look amazing. <laughs> the bad. My feet are numb by the end of the night and I would rather hack off my freaking leg <laughs> then ever have to put them back on again no literally and then the fabulous um i look good right like, i feel like it's the same for the running late like, yeah, <laughs> like come on now like i look good no literally i feel like good would be the way they make me feel confident okay bad would be the downslope of that yeah <laughs> because i'm feeling all confident and then the pain rolls in yeah and then i feel like oh my god everything in the world is ending but i still look fabulous and yeah. i think that's what would end it on the fabulous i still look fabulous i'm gonna even if i am in pain because pain is beauty like <laughs> I, i'm taking that answer right <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that yeah northwest the good um the good i would say is i feel especially like with the way kim is raising her she's growing up again like kim has made it a point and she said it before in interviews that like she doesn't want to raise north to have any ill intent towards her father even yeah. after everything he's like done yeah um and i think that's good that like she's been raised in that type of way yeah. the bad i would say her father <laughs> um and then the fabulous is even just seeing her on tiktok and like how happy she is absolutely and just like the way she like goes about her life i just i love that yeah. i absolutely love that for her i bet you like i not i bet you but like yeah. What I would give to have been born Kim. Right. Or no. Nor. Exactly. No, I feel like good would definitely be the way she raises North is like turning off the comments on everything. I think that is such a smart thing because she doesn't have to look at the outside Negative. opinion. Yeah. Because this will get into my bad being somebody in the public eye that young and having everybody watch your every move mm -hmm. um, leads people to be critical of your mistakes and blame you for things that you were just learning at the time. Um, and you evolve, but it's never easy to evolve in front yeah. of the public eye. Um, but fabulous would be that that is how it is. And, you know, that's the card she was dealt with. And I think she's doing it great. I feel you know, like she's, she's so confident um, at nine years old. Also, <laughs> I don't not know. Not to mention. I don't know if anyone's like seen the videos of like her with her siblings and like her being around them 
um, just like taking care of them, like having a good time. Yeah. She is such a good older sister. She, is. she really is. So I wanted to add that in there too. We aspire to be you. We love you, North. <laughs> Spring cleaning. Um, the good, I would say, I like personally, I love being clean. I don't even have like a spring cleaning, if I'm being right. honest. Like every single Sunday is like right. my cleaning day. So no. like I'm constantly like <laughs> deep cleaning my like bathroom and like everything. No, I remember when I was looking for apartments, so I was like, if I swear to stay with you, you're like, you have to be clean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so, I'm just like, that's like a, a big thing about me. Like I'm very clean. Yeah. Um, it's good for your mindset. Mm-hmm. And then a bad is like being really clean. Like if I see something dirty, it's like yeah, my brain is like, like we have to fix this now. It's the OCD kicking in. Yep. And then the fabulous. <sighs> Every time someone has ever come to my apartment, they say even if I think it's dirty, they're like, "Wow, your apartment's so clean and tidy." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. Isn't that the best feeling? <laughs> yeah. Um, good for me would be that it really helps my mental health. Um, and I just agree. how I view everything. Um, cause when I go home to a clean place or I am just living in it, it feels so organized and it feels like I can get my shit done. Mm -hmm. But when I guess it would be my bad, um, when it's not clean, I just feel so depressed. I feel like Gross. it's the only thing that will like block me from making good moves yeah. in my life. And I feel like it's like, I don't know, a great starting point to your mental health being on an upward slope is to have a clean place is clean and cleanliness so yeah. um and fabulous would be that feeling yeah i i totally agree i'm gonna have to go with you on that one that it just feels so good when somebody compliments you like it's the best compliment because you work Even so like hard on the place, place. Yeah, yeah you're like Ooh. <laughs> you're like it's clean and tidy right isn't it? no that's especially like that. if you're getting it together and yes. like just moving in it's like the best feeling like oh you've been really like getting this place mm. together i'm like yeah i did you know my favorite thing confident. you're gonna you're gonna love this when you start adding new additions in your apartment mm -hmm. and people come and notice them and they're yeah. like oh, this looks so good you're gonna be like no, I already You're gonna have be like, you want to make feeling. out or something, right? <laughs> like, so does this mean we're having kids, or does yeah, this mean like, that you're my husband? Stop hitting on me! Oh my god, please, thank you. People who only follow one person. I mean, like, I guess a good. I feel like a lot of the times, like for example, I know Taylor Swift recently just started following like nobody. Yeah, but I feel like that's like almost like Taylor's like resetting. Almost yeah. like it's like a new era. Um, so I feel like. It's like a nice little reset. I guess like the bad isn't really a bad about them, but like a lot of the times, at least for me, um, I've heard people say like, oh, I hate when people have a whole bunch of followers and they follow no one. Like that's so pretentious or stuck up. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I do. Oh, I feel, you do? Yeah. But good to your fabulous. Okay. My fabulous is I feel like if you don't follow anybody, then you don't see anything on like your for you not your for you but like your following feed um and i also feel like it's really easy at least for me to compare myself to other influencers yep. and be like oh my gosh they're doing really well and i'm not what am i doing wrong yeah um but if i followed nobody i don't really think i'd have that problem i didn't look at that perspective yeah i guess a good for me would be just the boundaries you set for people mm -hmm. um and i like a that when you're following just a small amount of people that it shows who you really care about mm -hmm. um but and i guess a bad would be 
I really feel like when you don't give all your love to the other people around you, and that can be a lot of people because we come from so many different avenues, it's selfish. I wish we could just like appreciate each other. Yeah. But sometimes um, I definitely think, and this would be my fabulous, it is a great way for you to, or a great way for you to clear your mind is to not have people who maybe have a bad influence on you or put you in a negative mindset. Um, So maybe that person brings or evokes a feeling in you and you know, that equivalates in a follow. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another fabulous episode for Don't Ask V That. Thank you so much, Spencer, for being so vulnerable today and being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Is there anything you want to promote and where can I find you? Okay, well, if you guys didn't know, I also have my own podcast called (gasps) I'm Literally Screaming. Oh my gosh. Um, You could check it out on the same YouTube channels on all streaming platforms. Comes out every Thursday. Um. And then you can find me on all social media at Spencewa. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-W-U-A-H, except for Snapchat, because someone stole my username. Oh, my God. So it's Spencewa with an M Mwah. in the middle. That's smart. I like that. Thank you. Period. Um, you can find me on Instagram, B-E-O-N-D-R-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, and TikTok, Andre. Um, And Snapchat, I guess, Andre M, but... You know, those are for my exclusive baddies, okay? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I have a whole different thing on Snapchat. Exclusive. Anyways, <laughs> make sure to come back to next week's episode. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review. Don't ask me that. Wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe to the Pass Your Bedtime YouTube channel. Full visual videos will be on the Pass Your Bedtime YouTube channel. And we'll see you next week. I love you, dollies. Bye. Mwah. <laughs>